Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Your book's journey isn't over after it's been launched. Nope, it's got a whole lifetime ahead of itself. And so while I'm leading you through writing and launching a best-selling book, I'm also showing you how to make that book work for you for the rest of your career and your life. Welcome to Launch Your Book with Anna David. Well, hello there. Welcome to Launch Your Book with Anna David. I am your host, Anna David. And every week I talk to entrepreneurs and best-selling authors. I give you tips. Um, I've been hinting at something that's terribly exciting, which is that I'm going to debut with a new name. Not not myself a new name, but a new name for this podcast next um, week. But until then, it being the last Wednesday of 2021... I wanted to do a special episode where it's a compilation of my three most popular episodes. And um, it's crazy. Some episodes, you know, downloads are about the same for most episodes. And then there's some that just crazy, crazy downloads. And I thought, well, this is what people, these are the topics that people very interested in launching books very soon are the most passionate about. And so these would be the things to really focus on at the end of the year and going into the year where you are finally going to publish that book. Am I right? So if you would like the show notes, which contains links to these episodes, as well as everything else that's relevant, just go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com slash blog slash 2021. And with that, I give you my top three episodes from 2021. I am answering the question, how do I get media attention for my book? And one of the main reasons that people, my clients want books is so that they will be the go-to person in the media. So I'm going to break down um, several ways that you can do this effectively. The one thing you have to know is you are not going to release a book and then be able to sit back and wait for the media to contact you. We all think we're going to be the exception. Our book, I'm so sorry to tell you this, your book is not news to anyone. It is not a newsworthy event except to your mother, unless you're J.K. Rowling or Brene Brown or one of these people. Nobody cares. That's different. It used to be different back when I first got into this. It kind of was newsworthy when people had books out. But essentially, it's quite self-obsessed of us to believe it's newsworthy to anybody. So you need to give the media a reason to cover you. And since journalists and TV bookers are often overworked and underpaid, coming up with a way to do their work for them is the most effective way to do it. Um, with Make Your Mess Your Memoir, I've talked about this before, but what I did is I said, okay, I have written a book about writing uh, and making a messy life into a memoir. What on earth does that have to do with the news? Well, 
dear listener, you may not know that we've been in a pandemic for the past year. So I said, and and obviously uh, statistics about depression uh, were rising all the time. And so I, I corralled a couple of those news stories and studies about that. And I thought, well, writing has been very healing for me. It's healed me as much as therapy and 12-step and all the other things I've done. So I came up with a pitch about how writing about uh, what we're going through can help us heal. And then I had a publicist friend pitch that to Good Morning America. He pitched it to a bunch of places who didn't write, by the way, but Good Morning America did. And I was able to go on to Good Morning America and talk about how writing helps heal our pain. That is not anywhere in my book. And it didn't matter because, you know, it was, you know, they introduced me as New York Times bestselling author of this new book, Make Your Master Memoir. They showed the cover. So, again, I did their work for them and I got lucky. So that's that's where lightning is going to strike. But like I said, it is not going to strike if you're just sitting there waiting for them. Um, One thing that Brian Holiday, who I talk about a lot because he's a genius marketer and writer, um, he talks about something called newsjacking, which was apparently popularized by somebody named David Meerman Scott. And basically, you make the news. That's the idea. When Ryan Holiday sold his first book, he wasn't it was, you know, he was known as a marketer. He wasn't known as a, as a writer. Then he wrote the then existing website Gawker and pretended to be someone else talking about how that guy, Ryan Holiday, got a book deal. Can you believe it? And then Gawker wrote about it. And then he sent the Gawker piece to someone else. And he he really knew how to who, how to snowball it and make himself the news. So think about your book. Uh, we're publishing at Launchpad um, a, a memoir about somebody with a special needs kid. So pitch an outlet on the impact COVID has had on parents who are already overburdened. If you have a self-help book on the importance of meditation and it's uh, near the new year, pitch an outlet, a story about making a New Year's resolution to meditate. Basically, you come up with the story. So previous podcast guest, Cameron Harold, and you can go back in the show notes. I will link to where you can hear about him talk about this in detail. He actually wrote a book called Free PR, so he is an expert on it. But this is the breakdown of what he told me. He said, go to Twitter, look up hashtags of who's tweeting about your book topic. Identify those journalists. Maybe you go to... um, if you can't find them on Twitter, there are there are Hunter IO is a website uh, that will give you very hard to find email addresses and their free plan. I think you even get like eight free emails um, addresses a month. Um, there are there's a special LinkedIn program that you or, or there's a uh, anyway, there are ways to find people's email addresses, but also journalists are very active on Twitter so you can tweet at them and what Cameron does is he picks up the phone. He gets their numbers and he calls them. I'm not a phone person at all, so so I don't do that. But he says he, if you are open to you know pick up pick up the phone, call them and say, hey, do you have two minutes? I think I have a good story for you. Um, he also talks about looking at how what you are teaching in your book, if you are in fact teaching something in your book, has helped local people in whatever local place they are. He talked about. Uh, he has somebody who uh, who ranks as the number one service in Cincinnati 
who loves the content of Cameron's book. So he says, I would contact all the Cincinnati business media about how my content helped his local company. And I think that that's what's really important is you never think this is too small. Well, who cares about local news? I want national news. It's all online. And local leads to national. So I really do think um, sort of looking at your success stories if there's uh, if there are examples of people who have you have helped through the methods that you're talking about in your book then then that is a wonderful way to to do some some of the reporting really for that journalist but what Cameron also talks about which I think is really key is using each media hit to its maximum advantage so That can mean oftentimes driving paid traffic to that story and or really it can just be posting it multiple times. Um, He says that he'll post uh, he'll do a podcast interview. He'll post it five times on Facebook over the next year, five times on LinkedIn, share it five times on Twitter, link to it on the press page of his website Um, and go out on his newsletter list, ask his team to put it on their social media. And there are there are programs and websites where you can do that. There's something called Lately, which is a little, I think it's about $150 a month, and it uses AI. So you can basically put a URL for some interview you did into Lately. It will then come up with 40 Uh, different social media posts based on the content that's in that and then schedule them over the next however long period of time. So it's just not a like get the media hit and forget about it. It is getting the media hit, using that media hit to get bigger media and then sharing it. It's not easy, but what worth having is. That should be the name of this podcast. It's not easy, but what worth having is. That is your episode on how you get media attention for your book. If you would like the show notes, including links to uh, the Cameron Herald episode and other things we talked about, just go to launchpadpub.com slash blog slash media. I have just survived the relaunch of Party Girl, and I wanted to talk to you about what worked and what didn't work, because Frankly, a lot of my books that I release now, I'm doing them to learn uh, the latest and greatest so that we can use it for our clients. And so I kind of throw everything at it to see what will work. So let's talk about what didn't work. The advanced reader team, which we now call the launch squad. This went really awry for a number of reasons. The the number one reason was that we had staff turnover. So I had one person handling it. Uh, so she set it up. Then uh, she left. Then we gave it to another person who had never done it before. And she mishandled some things. So then I gave it to another person. And in that transition, names were left off. Now, I thought I had a surefire way of doing this this time. I created an app. We created an application. We said, please apply. Uh, Why should we pick you? And um, we said, if we pick you, you are getting an acknowledgement in the book. You are getting your name in a book. And people clamored to apply. We sent them, you're in. I put them in the acknowledgements and I can't tell you how many of them flaked. 
Now, some of this had to do, first of all, in that transition, names were left off. So we had, you know, a handful of names, more than a handful, that never got any of the emails. The second person who was handling it didn't understand that some of these emails were going to spam, didn't know how to send group big emails without them going to spam. So people were not getting the emails, but it really blows my, it. Okay. And then there was the, the major problem, and this is relevant for anyone who's relaunching a book. Originally, Party Girl was released by HarperCollins in 2007. Re-releasing a book is complicated. The easiest way, and this is on Amazon in particular, is to take down the previous version. But not take it down, because Amazon never lets you really take it down, but to have access to the account that it was put up through. Now, we had no access to the HarperCollins account. Um, God knows where I could even track that down. So we had arranged with Amazon that this was going to go up in addition to the HarperCollins versions that were already there, but it was going to start prioritizing the versions that people were buying, i.e. the new version. It got completely messed up. Somehow Amazon could not stop connecting the new Kindle version with the new cover to the old paperback and the old hardcover, which is crazy town because those are out of print. It took so many calls. And finally, uh, for now, it seems that that they are they are hooked up correctly. But here, here was another crazy making part. When I would look, I would see the Kindle version connected to the old paperback and the old hardcover. When my team member would look from her computer, they were all connected. So it, it, it just, the, the new ones were all connected. It just was absolutely crazy making. Amazon is getting stricter and stricter about approving reviews. So there were a lot of reviews that people said they posted that never appeared and they never got an email that said, we're not posting your review. So uh, what I know is that if a review does not get approved, if you submit it under a one star rating lower and a shorter review, it often will get approved. It just makes no sense. So they were arbitrarily not approving reviews by people. Reviews were not showing up because of the merging of the versions. It just got so, so, so crazy. I took to emailing every single person on the advanced reader team and saying, hey, um, are you going to review the book? Most of them didn't respond. Another thing that's really, really important is people's Amazon accounts are not always under their name. Mine is. If I review your book, you're going to know because it's going to say Anna David. A lot of people have just Amazon customer. They've you know stayed anonymous or they have some other uh, you know pen name or nickname or whatever it is. So if you are using an advanced reader team, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I have several episodes that mention it, including uh, an episode on getting reviews, which I'll link to in the show notes. But ask your people to send a screenshot of the um, review so that you can see their name. Because we were trying to figure out who reviewed and who didn't, and it was getting very, very confusing. So um, don't <laughs> merge two books, uh, two versions of your book, if one of them was published by HarperCollins, and it'll just cause you chaos. But if you call Amazon eventually, and by Amazon, I mean KDP, you don't call Amazon where you order your vacuum cleaner from, you call the back end where you upload books, and they actually are very, very helpful. So 
that was something that I'm I'm not sure what I learned except telling people I'm going to put you in uh, as an acknowledgement in the book, um, making that thinking that that will make them follow through is just simply not true. And make sure you get those screen grabs of the reviews. And, um, and know that Amazon is rejecting a lot more reviews now. So I don't know, that mostly did not work, I would say. In terms of what else I did, I actually hired a publicist. That's not something I normally do, but there's a publicist I refer clients to. And I was talking to him and I figured, um, yeah, I'll hire him. Now I will explain that he is not one of those super expensive publicists. You really do get what you pay for. This guy's super cool. I knew he'd get me something, um, but he was not gonna get me on the Today Show. And so really, I only got one thing that was super valuable, which was a, a story in page six. And it was pretty great. With something like that, you don't know how it's going to turn out because um, they can make you look bad. I got so lucky. This lovely guy named Ian Moore was the loveliest story. I'll link to it in the show notes, but he just did me a solid. It's like a super long story, which you don't usually see in page six. And if I got nothing out of else out of it, that's pretty valuable. I will say the total I paid this publicist was was $5,000, which is a significant amount of money. But I, the other things that he got me were not super valuable to me. You know, it was like a radio show interview and a podcast interview. And I got myself through just asking friends more, quote, valuable, you know, hookups or whatever. So I, I do think, uh, it's very easy to get frustrated with a publicist and, and go, hey, I paid him all this money, I didn't do anything. Um, I, I, It's good enough for me. It's fine. You, you kind of get what you pay for. Um, another thing that I tried that I had never done before was changing the description. I uh, reached out to somebody who's known as the description master. His name's Brian Meeks. I totally, he's going to be on the podcast. He's so awesome. Reached out to him. I had him rewrite the description for the book in in a way that he has statistically proven is more successful because he's run all the numbers and he can compare side by side an old uh, description with a new one. It didn't emphasize keywords the way that um, I always try to do. And frankly, because we weren't running ads to this, I can't tell how effective it is because basically it's somebody has to read your description for you to know that it's more effective than another description. And I wasn't running any traffic to the book, so I don't know who was really seeing it. So, but if you want to work with Brian, he does awesome descriptions and I'm going to be working with him um, from now on. So what else worked? Uh, We did a uh, book sales sheet, which I had never done before. And I had someone on my team pitch local bookstores. This pretty great letter that's like, hey, Anna's a local author. She would love to support it. And these are all these great things. And the book's being made into a movie. And we got zero responses. And so the sad reality, the hard reality is you have to go marching into the bookstore. I do have an episode about this. It works. I also find it incredibly humbling to have to go into a bookstore and say, please sell my book. Um, but I, I'm telling myself I'm going to do it for this book, but it's not, that's not my idea of a good time. 
Um, but on that note, I was able to get a store called Kitson to sell the book, which I have to say Kitson is this fun celebrity store that has been a really big deal since the 90s in LA. It was always a dream. It's like having your book at Urban Outfitters. And I have a friend who works with Kitson. And so basically, I just asked her. She got it in yesterday. In fact, she sent me a picture of it there and said, please come in and sign copies and we'll put a picture of you signing on the um on the Kitson Instagram. So I would say that was a very successful thing. I also, uh, Book Soup, who, that is my local store that I've done a lot with, I reached out to them, but rather than saying, hey, will you do another reading? Will you allow me to do another reading? I asked Jeff Garland, who is, you know, from Curb Your Enthusiasm and my friend and producing the Party Girl movie, if he would do it with me. And I knew that would make it much more attractive to Book Soup because really what they want is to sell books. And if Jeff Garland comes, then there's going to be a lot more people there, and thus we will sell more books. Unfortunately, Book Soup um, is not doing events in person. But is that unfortunate? Because it's online. You can come, even if you're in Missouri. Jeff Garland's one of the coolest, funniest people ever. So that I will put in the show notes. Ah, I hope this, I'm playing this before the event uh, but we'll see about that. Yeah, it's a good argument to release this. So yes, look at the show notes and find out so you can show up at this event because Jeff Garland's awesome. Now, here's something I did that I thought was pretty effective, which is rather than trying to set up readings, like we already discussed how these bookstores were didn't even respond to emails saying, hey, can, can you carry the book? I really went with who did I know and where were the doors open and not closed. My friend Ryan Hampton does a big event um, in Vegas every year for addiction and recovery. He and I, I can't even remember if I pitched him or he pitched me, but basically we knew we were going to do something. And he had me come to the event in Vegas and MC this big awards dinner and then do a reading right after, uh, uh, signing right afterwards. And that was amazing. Not only did I get you know, my first time emceeing a dinner, which was a really fun experience. But then people knew who I was, so they were interested in having a book signed right afterwards. Similarly, Lori Winfield, who is in Reno, puts on an event for her nonprofit, Dry Society, and she had me come out and do a signing. It was kind of the exact same idea. And actually, this is sort of interesting. She had me set up to do a signing before the award dinner and kind of no one cared because they were just like, who's this random chick with the books? During the dinner, she gave me lots of shout outs. Justin Guarini, the best, who was on American Idol. He was the keynote speaker. He gave me lots of shout outs. So then I seemed worth talking to afterwards. And so then there was a big line of people who wanted to get the book signed. So that was really great. Um, I, I have a bunch of events planned. Basically, instead of trying to control this launch and the parties and throwing, I looked at who was reaching out to me and how could I help support what they were doing and in the process also help uh, spread awareness about Party Girl. Um, and what was really cool too is at, in particular, Ryan's event, I met some amazing people who I could help um, 
one of whom I I just ha- I just interviewed for the podcast. And so I guess my message was I'm I finally learned how to not make it about me. I'll tell you, I'm still very frustrated that there aren't as many reviews up on Amazon as I'd like. I'm super frustrated that friends didn't review it, that people who said they would review it didn't review it. Um, and yet I'm trying to look at, oh, here's, yeah, that reminds me of another horrifying thing. I sent out, you know, I got a lot of friends, right? I sent out emails to hundreds of people, friends, saying it would mean so much if you could buy my book and for 99 cents and review it. And really good friends did not respond. And when I went and looked at the page recently on Amazon, some people I've met twice reviewed it. And they didn't write me back and say, I reviewed it. They just got the email, said, oh, okay, she asked for this, I'll do it, and did the review. God, and and I was talking to, to my boyfriend about it last night. How can I focus on being grateful for those people? The people who did it, hyper successful people who I've met twice, who I would think, God, they don't have time to do that. And then I know people who I hang out with all the time, who I know have time, who did not do it. So rather than looking at the what's lacking, look at how grateful I am that these successful people who I don't even know particularly well did this for me. And, and remember that it says more about the person not doing the review than it does about what they think of you. If this is inspiring anybody listening to review the book, God, you, you have no idea what it means to a writer. When you launch your book, you will see, and I'm telling you, that karma comes back. What I now do, I review all the books of the people I know and don't know because I know how much it means. If it's Glennon Doyle, she's got 10,000 reviews. No, I don't need to do that. But if it's somebody who could really use the support, it, uh, it, God, it means the world. So, that's what I've got for you um, about Party Girl Launch, what worked and what didn't. Go check out the show notes at, Le- Le- oh, Jesus, we have a new domain, legacylaunchpadpub.com slash blog slash PG. Today, I'm answering the question, how do I throw a book launch party now? There are many, many ways to do this. I think it's important to stay up front, say up front that for most of us, a launch party is not going to help sell books. In fact, we're probably going to be losing books because probably these are our guests and we want to give our books away. But they can be really fun. And if you pull them off right, they can get you press. And, you know, it's it, it's just kind of a fun thing to do. So I will t- walk you through briefly some of the, the things I've done for my first book, Party Girl. I did a, I had a reading at Book Soup where I invited hundreds of people. Book Soup is my local favorite bookstore. And then there was a place next door called Mirabella, now long gone. And I, and I reserved the upstairs area and I threw a great book party there. For my second book, Bought, I was living in New York. I happened to be dating a guy who owned a restaurant. So he threw a party for me there and it was cool. It got into page six. Um, it got, you know, featured in a couple places. Again, didn't sell books. At that one, I think I gave the books away. No, 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 no. What, what you can do is you can have somebody come and sell your books. 
And one of the bummers about a book party, and this is why I recommend if you can afford it, just give the freaking books away because it sucks. You're so excited to have your friends show up and then you're so mad if they don't buy the book. And so you have this conflicted feeling because you're like, but I'm grateful. But how do I tell them? Thanks so much for coming. Please buy my book. And so it, it, it that's a bummer at readings. But, you know, so so that's what what I've done is I've had people I've given books away and then I've had people sell books. I've done it both ways. Um, my book, I think it was my third book called Reality Matters, which was a an anthology uh, where different writers uh, did their take on different reality shows. And it was this very funny book. And I had um, I had big, great writers. I had Jerry Stahl. I had James Fry. I had Neil Strauss and um, Ben Mandelker of um, Watch What Crappens wonderful podcast. And so what I did is I rented out a a venue. I, I think they gave it to me for free. I actually can't remember. But what I did is I reached out. I found people who had starred in each of the reality shows that we were writing about. One was The Bachelor. One was Real World. One was um, Sober House. And um, I had the reader and the star of the reality show featured together. It was a whole ordeal. And I will tell you, we got tons of press. We had a press line. People Magazine came. But the truth is, People Magazine came and all they wrote about was that, like, The Bachelor had broken up with The Bachelorette because that was the news that was revealed that night. So in the end, it was a lot of work. And, And again, it didn't really sell any books. One thing we do for our clients is we do these VIP premieres, which are super awesome, where we rent out a venue, we get press there, we get Getty images there, we have a red carpet, we have their book featured um, as the step and repeat behind the, the red carpet, we have posters of their book everywhere, we put together gift bags, we do Q&As where they get video footage of the event. So And so it's just really an opportunity to sort of feel like a celebrity. And, and then we, we set them up with meetings with Hollywood people so they can talk about making their books into reality shows and 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 movies and all the things. But you know what I wanted to talk about are some here's one of my favorite ways a book a, someone an author has done a book launch. I want to talk about Marie Forleo. So if you don't know who she is in many ways she's like the first online marketer. She's terribly glamorous. Um, her husband's an actor who was on Sex and the City, and she she's kind of a genius. And um, she's been endorsed by Oprah. She makes millions and millions of dollars. But here's what I think is really cool is she doesn't just break the rules. She makes new ones. So so when she was figuring out how to launch her book, Everything is Figure Outable, she kind of pulled like an Erica Jane and discussed declared herself a stage presence. She is very into hip hop dance. And so she sold, she basically did like a Beyonce concert. Um, I I think this is a quote from her. Imagine if a Beyonce concert and a TED talk had a baby then threw a block party. Um, She sold 2000 tickets, had people flying into New York. um, And 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 then she filled the Hammerstein Ballroom. Then she toured. She went to Orlando and Glennon Doyle came and appeared. And she went to Chicago and she went to Seattle and she went to San Francisco and she went to L.A. And she went to Houston where Brene Brown appeared. And she went to London and Australia. And, you know, the book was a number one New York Times bestseller. I'm not saying it was a number one New York Times bestseller because she did this whole awesome Beyonce tour. But I am saying probably nobody's had more fun launching a book. Can you imagine? 
You get a number one New York Times bestselling book and you get to feel like Beyonce. Um, I think it, I'm I'm sure it was a hell of a lot of work, but um, but she pulled it off. So, you know, anything is possible. Obviously, post pandemic, um, there are a lot of virtual events uh, for Make Your Mess Your Memoir. I did um, a few events. I did one with Book Soup. I did one which I called a uh, launch. Uh, how did we do it? A messy pitch party. And I invited other friends uh, who are memoirists to come. And I said that anybody who came could pitch their memoir to us and we would help them refine it. So I think it's really important to remember that our books are a very big deal for us, less so for the people. On your first book, you, you'll you probably get tons and tons of support. But the more books you publish, the more people are like, oh, yeah. Okay, she's got another book. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll try to come. So try to make it, try to incentivize people to come and, and try to make it fun for them. We've all been to things because we were obligated to go to. And then we've all been to things that we were obligated to go to. And they turned out to be super, super fun. Um, you know, you can ask a friend to throw you a party. You can throw a party. I, I for um, a re-release of a book I'm doing. Um, I'm throwing a party at Kitson, this awesome store in LA. So sky's the limit. Do it to have fun. Um, I have gone into these parties with huge expectations, and then I've gone into them saying, like, I'm just going to have fun. And this is an opportunity for me to celebrate this awesome thing that I did. Um, so that's my recommendation. If you want the show notes, oh my God, I linked to this video, the tour video from Marie Forleo. It is so cool. I link to, uh, you know, what our VIP premiere packages are and a whole bunch of other things. Just go to launchpadpub.com slash blog slash party. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me this week on Launch Your Book with Anna David. For more info about the show, go to launchyourbookpod.com where you can get show notes and so much more. If you got anything out of this episode, I can't tell you how much I would appreciate a review. And don't forget, my company, Launchpad Publishing, is here to help you at any stage in your writing and publishing journey. Just go to launchpadpub.com for more and be sure to tune in next week for next week's episode.